Welcome to the Heroes at Home podcast, where we believe heroes can thrive both at work and at home. This podcast is for those who stand watch while we sleep, who run into buildings while others run out, for those who deploy to hard places to have hard fights, and for the families that support them. Through candid conversation, we will discuss the side of things that don't get glorified in the media, what happens when they come home. We'll be talking with heroes from all walks of life and their partners, children, friends, and beyond, so together we can build a stronger family. I'm Noel Metter, CEO, joined by my co-host, Kenny Thomas. Kenny, how are we doing this morning? Good morning. <laughs> oh, this is good. We're jumping in. This is actually our first interview with Jeff Stuker, and this is a guy that you've known for a long time. But before we do that, one of the favorite things that I have with Kenny is we connect. We're sharing life together. And most of this has to do with raising kids, marital things, moments in relationships. And I will tell you, my respect for this idea of parenting and what is entailed in that has gone up like five levels. I'm not in the thick of it like you are with little guys. Oh, yes, you are. I will hold you accountable for not keeping me informed of all the things that I'm supposed to know. Like, <laughs> I know I'm new to the game. So like all my my sister, her kids are in college and my best friend, his kids are gone. And they're all they're like, man, there's something cool about like my buddy, like something cool about being an old guy with young kids. Well, yeah, because like I can... I kind of know who I am and I can give them, I can give them everything I got. I'm not freaking out about, oh my gosh, how am I going to provide for the, uh, uh, you know, or I'm not a young 20 year old that's in the army and I'm getting deployed. How am I going to take care of the kids? Like the kid thing's been a blast. And I think the lesson I learned, Noel, was that I'm sorry I never made a big deal about your kids. And I told my sister the same thing. And one of my buddies, I'm like, man, I'm sorry I never made a big deal about your kids. I just didn't get it. <laughs> you just don't get it. You know, like, why in the world are they always talking about their kids? I don't want to, I'm tired of hearing about soccer practice. But now I get it because it's so much fun to watch them evolve into little humans. Yeah. It's true, man. I've got the spread. So I've got a 15-year-old and then I've got a four-year-old and it's a little girl. And on a day-to-day -day basis, am I playing football or am I playing dress-up dollies and going through role play of tea parties? I mean, nothing more special than that in terms of seeing her light up. But I'll tell you at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but man, when my, my head hits the pillow, I am out cold. And it's not because of the work of stronger families and all that. It's because <laughs> kids, man, they just suck you dry. They just do. But, I mean, I love well, it. Yeah, Cause you're giving them a ton of energy. Enjoy it while you got it. That's one thing I can tell you. I have a buddy of mine and he told me, he goes, you know, Kenny, you will never know when it'll be the last time that they'll, and I don't mean that in a, in a, like a, the end type way, but You'll never know, no one tells you that it's gonna be the last time she wants to take a nap on your chest. And no one's gonna tell you it's the last time she's like, Daddy, hold my hand when we go to school. And no one will tell you it's the last time Jet wants to hand you the X-Wing fighter and say, you fly, Daddy, you fly. No one tells you it's the last time. So enjoy those moments while you have, because tomorrow they may wake up and be done with flying X-Wing fighters and TIE fighters around the house making crazy noises. Well, today, you know, again, this, the, the nature of our 
podcast, these episodes that we're creating, it's all about talking to those who have gone through the hard stuff, dealt with difficulties, overcome challenges, especially when we're talking about those who have served our country, whether that's a military first responder. We really want to be able to highlight the heroes, their story, not just what they've experienced downrange, but also when they come home. And today's guest, Jeff Stuker, man, he kind of checks all those boxes. Kenny, tell me a little bit about, I mean, how did, how did you and Jeff know each other? And Well, when you and I started talking about making this, this happen and all, this, all the work that it entails and all the production company, and then, we, and then we finally got around to who do you think we should ask for our first one? That was an easy decision right there. I'm like, oh, I'm calling Jeff. I've known Jeff since, Jeff was a super soldier within the Ranger Regiment and he was already halo qualified and scuba qualified and he came over to the platoon and you know he could run a sub five minute mile like he was a physical stud and then when he under fire remember we did 44 raids in somalia before we even fought that one fight and just watching the way jeff handled himself in the streets every now and then under fire you're like that dude's a robot Right. And, you know, we all kind of went our way when, when we all got back, we all kind of went our ways. And Jeff went, got out and went to seminary and came back in as a chaplain and called me kind of out of the blue right when I was going back into the army. Jeff's got this crazy one of a kind perspective on what it takes to be a soldier and lead people in the worst of conditions. That, that guy's been on every battlefield since because you know, he went back into the Ranger Regiment as a chaplain and he, he moved building to building, side to side, mountaintop to mountaintop with those guys. He didn't sit back at the headquarters and be, hey, come see me if you have an issue. He basically, he caught a lot of flack for it because chaplains aren't supposed to be doing what Jeff was out there doing. And we stayed pretty connected and he has this crazy insight to what it means to be someone who's been in the thick of it. But now that he's on the chaplain side, he also has this very one-of-a-kind insight into what people go through after it all. And so he's the epitome of what we're trying to do here at Stronger Families. He's been through it. He got through it. And now he's on the other side helping families and marriages, and he sees the best of it, and he sees the worst of it. So he's going to be a really good interview. It's true. No further ado, we're going to jump into this interview. Maybe I should just frame up real quick for our listeners. This podcast is focused on taking real-life stories downrange, what we see, the ugliness of life, and being able to not tell just the story, but also what happens when they come home. And the focus, as Kenny just mentioned, I think is this idea that they've dealt with hard stuff. They've gone through battles that potentially have created a lot of issues for when they come home and reconnect with their family, with their spouse. And so I'm hoping that we can quickly jump into that. Jeff, your story on that front. But, you know, I think for today's interview, you know, being able to understand, Jeff, I think you were like, what is it, 17 combats and five U.S. wars? I mean, you've seen a lot, right? And then what's happened since then coming home, the challenges that you faced potentially uh, with others that you've seen that have dealt with that, but also within your own family and how you overcome that? 
Yeah, I mean, first, I want to just say it's uh, always a privilege to be able to do anything with Kenny. And the reason I'm doing this podcast today is because Kenny asked. And whenever Kenny asks, my answer is usually yes. But as he described just a second ago, man, I spent almost every moment of my military career deployed or with families that have gone through deployments. And I could tell you a little bit about what that feels like for the families at home, as well as what that feels like for the guys and gals that are overseas. And it's it's a challenge. It's not impossible, but it ain't easy. Maybe we just start with the Battle of Mogadishu. You and Kenny were there together. Is that correct? Tell me what happened during that time that kind of was the pivotal point in your journey. Yeah, well, whenever I I, uh, tell this story around friends, I will tell you that what I had a chance to do in Somalia in Black Hawk Down was watch guys like Kenny Thomas do incredible feats of valor on the battlefield. And not just one or two guys, but almost all of them. And not just once, but they did it all night long. And man, I was honored to just be able to drive in and out of those city streets and watch the guys that we served with do what they did for our country in Somalia a long time ago. So were you single at the time or were you married during that battle? No, I was married to my high school sweetheart. We had been married for about three years and I got a letter in the mail, literally, and it was delivered to me while I was in Somalia saying that she was pregnant with our first child. So, Noel, for me, this this one was a little bit different. So I had been to the invasion of Panama as a single guy. I went to Desert Storm and I was newly married. And when I was in Desert Storm, I thought, man, I married a beautiful woman. If I get shot and killed, she'll find some other dude. She'll be fine. The army will take care of her. But in Somalia, it hit me like, wait a second. There's about to be another human being that's totally dependent on a daddy. And I'm not sure I'm going to make it home. And that child may grow up and never see their father face to face. That one sat heavy on my shoulders in Somalia. Gosh, you know, now that I'm a parent, because I'm a little late to the game. So I have new and Noel has like, 12 kids. So he, he understands. And that X, that all of a sudden that burden of, oh my gosh, it's about more than me. I remember whenever you tell the story and, and Jeff and I actually got to go back to Mogadishu in 2014 for a documentary that Jeff was doing. And Sitting back and listening to him tell the story in detail, I think the thing that struck me that may help with sort of that moment and to illustrate the links that people went to for each other, because you're always talking about the other guys. You're always saying, man, the heroic acts that I saw and I, I drove through the streets to go help these guys. But there was that moment you talk about where you had to go back out and you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to die. But you went anyway. And so if you were to explain that to people, explain the why. Why would we go back out there? And That one's hard for people that don't understand the brotherhood that comes along with serving in the military, serving in a unit like the Ranger Regiment, and how close guys like Kenny and I can get just by working together. But there was a moment, as Kenny described just a second ago, where I wasn't I didn't think I was going to die. I was certain I was going to die. And driving back in the city streets meant you will die. And there were two things that really became very real to me. If I don't go back out in the city streets, everybody who's on foot and fighting for their lives, those guys are going to get overrun. 
they're all going to die. So it's me or them. And number two, this is what I swore to my brothers that I would do. Every morning when I got up and recited the Ranger Creed, I said I would never leave a fallen comrade. And I had one of those moments where I had to to ask myself, Jeff, did you really mean those words when you got up and recited the Ranger Creed to your brothers every morning? And if that costs you your life tonight, you better get up and give your life because you made a promise to your brothers. And I try to raise my children in such a way to hear, like, no matter what it costs you, even if it costs you your life, you keep your word. That's kind of what was ingrained in me growing up in the Ranger culture and swearing allegiance to one another. Jeff, I'm just curious, you know, in your own marriage, you know, coming back from that battle, I mean, how much did you open up and share and, and what did that present for you and your, in, in your wife? I mean, closer connection or was it really tough? Yeah, well, Dawn, my, my wife, she's my high school sweetheart. She knew me before I joined the military. We had a long distance relationship, but I had been in the army for a few years by the time we got married and all of it in the Ranger Regiment. So when we got married, the deal was there's a lot of things that I can't tell you. Don't ask because I'm not going to tell you. Other guys may tell their wife, but I'm not that guy. And to this day, there's a lot of things that she doesn't know. And she just knows don't even ask because Jeff's not going to say it. There are a few things that she knows I have to unload and you're the closest person on the planet to me. So I'm going to share a few things with you. But when I came back from the Battle of Somalia, she didn't ask, and she didn't ask because I think she respected, if Jeff wants to unload on me, he'll let me know. I didn't share this really with anybody. In fact, Kenny may recognize this. There was a period of time where all of us were treated like we were absolutely wrong and we were total failures, really for years until the book or the movie Black Hawk Down came out. So I just kept to myself. Literally that moment that Kenny was talking about when we got off of the airplanes and came into the hangar and I grabbed my wife for the first time, there were news cameras all around us and I just pushed them away and said, I don't want to talk to you because every bit of the coverage has been very one-sided. When the movie came out, when the book started to release and when the movie came out, a lot of people started asking her, did your husband really do this? And she was like, I don't know. He doesn't talk about it that much. She will say, and I would totally admit that this is accurate, I changed a lot. And not necessarily for the better, not worse, just different because of Somalia. And I wish I could go back and be the guy that I was before Somalia. I was a lot of fun, happy-go-lucky, you know, really carefree. But Somalia made me a pretty serious guy. And I've come to realize there's no going back to that. What it's finally taken me some time to realize is I also changed on my wife and the guy that she's married to now is not the one she walked down the aisle with. And I recognize that I'm trying to help other military spouses recognize that too. Like war changes people for good and there's no going back. doesn't have to be bad. doesn't have to be good. It doesn't, it's not bad or it's not, it's not better or worse. It's just different. And it changes people a lot. And that change that, you know, that you went through, how did it change your wife? Because I'm, I'm assuming that that, that, that is going to have a direct correlation to her as well. Dawn would say, hey, Jeff is a lot more serious. He's a lot more focused. Look, we had some really rough patches, Dawn and I did, coming back from multiple deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan because she would get scared at the way that I was driving down the interstate or how I was handling something. And she'd be, she'd have to literally grab my arm and tell me, Jeff, this isn't Afghanistan, no one shooting at you. Because the way that I was driving was so aggressive or I, I wasn't being violent to her or anybody else, but I was just 
reacting to our American society like I was still in Afghanistan. And she'd have to grab me and say, Jeff, no one's shooting at you. You're not in Afghanistan. You're going to get us all killed if you don't slow down. And there were some times where I, I, I mean, she just had to remind me, hey, look, you're home and you're safe. But I want to I want to honor my wife. I'm not the same guy that she married, but she stuck with me through thick and thin. And she's she's been willing to adjust to the new new marriage, the new lifestyle that we have. I think the real reason she's done it is not because she loves me. It's because she loves Jesus and she loves our country. And whatever it takes to make those adjustments, I'm going to make those adjustments because I'm a military spouse. And that's what you got to do. Yeah, I have a feeling that those who are listening, many of them have walked your guys' story, right? They've gone multiple deployments, come home, and the challenge that they face is similar to what you're describing. I, Jeff, if you're, are you willing to share, like, what helped you guys get through those transitions? What was the thing that really created that safety in your marriage to be able to continue to walk the journey together? Yeah, Dawn and I made a commitment right before we walked down the aisle that we would put each other first before the job, before the military, before anything else. And if it ever got too much, I would walk away. And I gave her literally veto authority over my career. She's used that veto twice in my military career. And both times I was like, okay, I'm done. One of those times, Kenny was while I was still in the reconnaissance detachment. And she said, I can't handle this anymore. And I said, okay, I'll go, I'll leave. Another time was while I was serving, doing a part-time job, trying to get all of that ministry experience and staying in the army at the same time. And she was like, this is crazy. What you're doing to us, something's got to give. The commitment that we made is when I take the uniform off, I don't care about the badges. I don't care about all of the you know, awards. All that I want is my wife and children to be standing next to me. That's all that matters. And that was the thing that we focused on the whole time that we were in the military together. Would you recommend that for other soldiers that you're counseling? Like, hey, make sure that the wife has ultimate veto over their career? Yeah, that's dangerous because not just wife, husband as well. Military spouse can sometimes take that and abuse it. So I have recommended that to people who can trust their spouse with that kind of authority. But I always recommend have the end goal in mind. And the end goal is that we're going to still be married at the end of this this career in the military. That's the goal. Whatever it takes to get to that goal, we're going to do that. I have not served. You know, I, I, I look to you guys and I'm, man, my respect and honor for what you guys have walked through is, is just, again, reminded of the battles that you have fought, not just physically over there, but emotionally back at home. I've never had to experience. And yet I've had this like sneak preview. Uh, we've worked with like 60,000 military families all over the country. And I continue to see these sneak previews of the same story repeating itself over and over and over again. In some ways, it's like a story of redemption and it's beautiful and it is awe-inspiring. And then others, it's just absolute tragedy in terms of what ends up being the casualty of these families. And it's not so much the casualty that they saw over in Afghanistan. It's the casualty of what's going on in their home. And I guess that's that's the mission of Stronger Families right now. How do we make sure that when they come home, they don't have the casualty of their marriage blowing up, their kids no longer being in a home where mom and dad can love on them and keep continue to speak life into them. And so to that end, I guess, Jeff, what to that family that's out there who has experienced what you and Kenny have walked through, who's saying right now, it's not worth it. I'm too messed up. I've, I've seen too much. I've gone too far. What would you say to that individual? 
Well, is the question to the family that the one of the two is about to throw in the towel and say, I'm done, I'm out? Done with the relationship? Yep, done with the relationship. Well, one of the pieces of advice I would say is exactly what Kenny and I talked about a long time ago. Look, it takes two to tango and one person can't pull off a marriage. Both of you have to be 100% committed. You don't necessarily have to just be 100% committed to each other. You have to be committed to the marriage. And in a military family, you got to be committed to the mission. The military family has as much involvement in the mission as the guy or the gal that gets shot at. And all of us that have been in uniform would say that just the rest of the country doesn't see that. At the same time, I would say, listen, man, it's going to be different after combat. There's no way around it. But different doesn't have to be worse. It can actually even be better. It's just different. And if you're saying, I want to go back to the marriage before combat, well, that marriage doesn't exist anymore. It ain't ever going to happen. So it's time to forge a new marriage, a new normal, a new future. And it takes work. I mean, it takes a lot of work, but if you're willing to put the work in, man, it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. Standing on the outside when I try and explain, Noel, what Stronger Families, what we do over there, from the military perspective, train as you fight, fight as you train. We teach you how to do everything. And we teach you how to hold a rifle. We teach you how to, we teach you how to shoot. We teach you how to move. We teach you how to communicate. And then... We put you back home, but we don't teach you that. We don't teach you how to keep a relationship healthy and how to react, how to say things. And so some of the stuff that I think that why it's so valuable is some of the, the, the skill sets that Stronger Families offers to military couples is, okay, look, you're changed. You're a little bit different. And your story, while it's very unique to you, is still very common to everybody who's worn the boots and come home and tried to reintegrate into their life and their family and their relationship and their marriage. So there is some common ground there. And here's some of the things that are going to happen. And we're going to train you on, here's a better way to say, here's a better way to react so that you're aware and we can train you through these different situations. And, for instance, I met the first time I talked with, I was talking with one of the kids and he was, him and his, his wife were having some issues. And I was like, well, well, what's going on? You know, well, she just doesn't get it. I go, well, what doesn't she get? And then basically he says to me, I told her she needed to man up. And I start, I'm like, how'd that work out for you? He goes, yeah, it didn't work so good. I'm like, because no one taught you how to talk to her and no one taught her how to talk to you unless you guys had the blessing of an incredible parents that showed you from day one. And most of us don't get that, that blessing. So I think that's what, you know, when Jeff says, okay, you come in to do this counseling, you have to both be in this 100% because I've done 200 of these couples and every single one of them have failed when they're not the only ones that have worked. Let's put it that way. The only ones that worked is when both people are committed to each other in the marriage. And then here's the skill sets that you need. What Stronger Families is offering and what I've seen it do, they're training you and they're giving you skill sets to make it work and get through the tough part. Well said. Well said, Kenny. You know, what's interesting to me is this concept of both have to be 100% in. 
And while I 100% agree with that, what I've also found is oftentimes when that one person's not all the way in and the one who wants it to work, they get almost in a way them pressuring or continuing to nag and complain and do all those kind of things, thinking that they're trying to connect and heal the relationship, it's actually pushing their partner further away. So by taking that self-respect of, you know what, if they're not 100% willing to jump in and be a part of this, you actually are going to be more attractive. You're going to invite them to come back into the relationship because you're showing, hey, I have self-respect here. I'm not just going to continue to beg that you come back. I've never seen that work, right? In terms of the one who's begging for the other one to get serious about saving the relationship. So there is an element of this that I think actually works against people if they don't allow the space for their partner to go, you know what, that's what I was attractive to. They might be new, they might be different, but that's what I love about them, right? And I'm sure, Jeff, you've seen that, right? Yeah, and actually the language that you're using now is what I will sometimes tell couples that are struggling after deployment. I'll tell them, you know, what made you two come together and get married was you were all the way in, they were all the way in. Well, that has to keep you guys together. And if there's ever a moment where you're not all the way in, you can't do it for the other one. So you do your part. That's all you can do. And if they bail, they bail. But what brought you together also keeps you two together. And that is you two saying, hey, there's some ups, there's some downs. We're going to face them together. The classic marriage vows. But we're both all the way committed to this thing. Yeah. So my mind always goes to, let's get real practical here. And you talk about forging a new marriage, right? There's a new normal coming out of these deployments, coming home. Can you give some practical, tangible ways that that's shown up for you and your and, and Dawn or potentially couples that you've worked with, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first things that I would say to the military spouse is respect that service member that just got back from combat. Maybe they want to talk. Maybe they need to unload. Maybe you don't even want to hear what they have to say, but maybe they don't. And don't pressure. Don't push. If they don't want to talk, they don't talk. If they want to unload, let them unload. Be a a safe person for them to unload with, but don't pressure them. And they don't need another military buddy. They got plenty of those issued to them by the military. What they need is a partner in life that's going to walk with them. Don't tell your spouse to man up because as Kenny said, that ain't going to work. Don't treat them like your ranger buddy, but don't be the spouse that tries to become a military partner because you're not. You're their, their partner in life. I think back and how valuable that would have been for me had I had somebody who, when I came back and it could help me and guide me and somebody who could prop me up when I wasn't adjusting well. That's a really well said thing there, Jeff. Good job. It's a reason you speak in front of people. Yeah. Kenny's language, the word guide, I think is the perfect word here because Kenny and I have talked about this. Just because you came home from combat doesn't mean you came all the way home. And sometimes you need somebody to help you come all the way home. And I mean now emotionally and psychologically all the way home. And that doesn't happen nearly as quick as coming physically home from combat. So the job of a military family is to help that service member come all the way home, guide them to come all the way home to combat. Sometimes that takes weeks and sometimes, unfortunately, it takes months or years. 
Yeah, it's a it's a really good point. I mean, I think this concept of going it alone, I see a lot of couples get stuck in that space, right? Where they come home and one of the spouses is what you're saying, trying to help them come all the way home, but they don't actually understand what that looks like. They don't have a framework to help. And so they get stuck in these patterns by themselves, isolated, not being able to really share, open up because of rank and all those kind of things. And that isolation ultimately kills them, right? I mean, that's what takes them out at the end of the day. Jeff, what have you shared with folks in terms of this idea of a guide, not just their spouse, but others around them to help them walk through these seasons? Yeah, my number one piece of advice for any couple who wants to make this thing work is go find another couple who's making it work and and basically take some advice from them. Maybe one of the reasons why Dawn and I made it is because my first boss in the Army, a guy by the name of Rick Shuck, I love to talk about him. He was married to Denise. And they had a great relationship. And Rick had been deployed more than once. And I once asked him, like, Rick, I'm getting ready to get married. My parents' marriage, it didn't survive. I watched marriages burn in around me. And I don't want that to happen to me. So what do you and Denise have? And he said to me exactly what I just said. Like, hey, Jeff, we don't have anything special. We just do this, this, and this. And I said, Rick, I'm going to follow you. I'm, basically, I'm going to do what you guys are doing because whatever you guys are doing is working. And I've said that I've given that advice to others, like go find a military family that's making it, that it's working and and just go follow their example. But don't go it alone because the Lone Ranger on a battlefield, we have a name for that guy. And it's usually a dead ranger. That's what happens to you when you get out there and get alone. So don't go it alone. Go find somebody else who's figured this thing out and let them mentor you as a couple. Yeah, so good. You know, there's a lot of young couples. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is with the military, but they end up, you know, it's like 18, 19, let's pull the trigger on this thing. Let's do it. (laughs) And what we've seen is one of the problems with go find a couple is that they go sync up with their buddy and his or her spouse. And they're not friends of that marriage. Like they're the ear to basically let out all the This is why you shouldn't be with this person and then get validated for it, which ultimately works against that couple getting what they need. So I always say, you know, find friends of your marriage. Like who's that couple who's going to actually hold the mirror up and say, hey, are you looking at yourself? You know, are you really taking time to be serious about what are the things that I'm contributing to why this thing isn't working rather than just a bitch session on, you know, what what's going You know what I mean? Like that, that I think is such a key factor here when we're talking about finding that couple. Yeah, I agree exactly with what Kenny said. Like everybody has those friends out there that when your marriage starts to get tough, says, girl, you should dump him and go find somebody else. There's plenty of friends like that out there. But you need a couple of people that tell you why this marriage is worth fighting for and how to fight for it. And they really need to be a couple of years into marriage further along than you who can give you some practical advice about how they got over those rough spots or when they stumbled, this is how we picked ourselves back up. Man, all of us, I need people like that. All of us need people like that in our lives. Jeff, you remember when you came to the wedding and Pastor Bree, we still use this one. Pastor Bree said, because when it gets crazy in the relationship, and it will, it will survive as long as somebody looks like Jesus up in here. And if there's one thing that I took from that to my relationship with Heidi now is that Heidi and I, when it gets crazy and we start finding, I start feeling that zero to 60 happening and my face starts getting red, she'll look at me and go, Kenny, somebody needs to look like Jesus up in here. And I'll be like, <gasps> and it'll, it'll, 
Okay. You got to have somebody that can step in. That is awesome. I'm going to be using that one. I'm stealing that one from you, Kenny. Uh, that's really good. Here's the only thing I would say, and just throw that out to the listeners. Just make sure you have a really good relationship before you start using those lines on someone. Because I think, you know, I, what I've seen is they've used it as a weapon. You can weaponize anything that we're talking about here, right? I mean, it's like game on. Ooh, I'm going to use that. That's a, that's a snarky little remark to my partner in the moment. And so I think it's in the spirit of like you and Heidi have a great relationship. You have a respect for each other that when you say that, it's like, hey, we need to de-escalate what's going on here. It's, the, it's that. It's the, yeah. hey, I'm yeah. out for a sec. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're right, man. What a wise thing to say is that on the flip side, when you sit down with relationships that aren't, that are struggling, when you dig into it, because words matter and the communication skill set isn't quite there yet. And they're using those little one-liners as snarky knives to throw, you know, daggers. And that's a, um, it's a really wise thing to say. You got to be aware of how you're talking. And again, that comes with the training and the skill set. I mean, there's 63 pages of a course that I'm working on right now, just teaching people how to communicate. Why are we so bad at it? Because, but we all have to do it. I don't know if you have to shoot or move in your job, but by God, I know you got to communicate and certainly in your relationship. So there you go. We brought it back to stronger families. One of the things that we do really well is we do teach you how to communicate between each other. Yeah. That's true. Well, Jeff, I know that we're coming up on the end of the, our time together, but I, I've been saving this question for the last, and I'm really curious how you're going to answer it. When you think about the progression of your life and all that you've experienced, what element has faith played in it? Would you say at the end of the day, without that element, what you've been able to accomplish, what you've been able to do in terms of you know, the richness of your, of your marriage and, and, and being able to fight through the tough times, what factor did that play? There's no way to answer that question because there is no way to separate my faith from who I am and how I view the world. So really, I wouldn't be married today. I wouldn't be the man that I am today. I wouldn't be where I am today without my faith. And it's not for me a thing that I bring into a relationship or what I do. It is the essence of it. And everything else is second place to that. So Man, I, I've said this to several friends of mine. Like, I literally don't know how a marriage survives today in this sex-saturated culture that we live in if Jesus isn't the center of your world. Like, I genuinely don't know how you pull that off today if you don't have a rock-solid faith because the society and the culture that we live in is stacked against marriage. And faith becomes the rebar in the concrete that reinforces it and helps it handle all of the pressures around you. Another way to look at that is, you know, the land navigation course, it's your true north. It's your compass. It keeps you on track. Now, you may have to walk around some boulders and some trees and some climb some ravines, but it keeps you on course. And too many relationships vector what we've seen as a vector to each other for a moment, and then they, they just keep vectoring away. I couldn't even imagine life or a marriage without it. I, I, I literally can't conceive of it. Yeah. 
That's good. And I just want to invite our listeners, if you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that when it comes to faith. What does that mean to you? How have you been able to get through the difficult times? And I think, Jeff, you've said it well. I mean, it's who you are. It's not something out there. It's something inside here, right? And so just curious for our listeners, drop us a line. Let us know. What, what are your thoughts around that? Mm. Jeff, thanks, man. It was great to, to meet you. I know that you guys go way back. You've got all kinds of stories that you could share. Maybe we'll just leave on this note. What's one hilarious story between you and Kenny? <laughs> I don't know that we have a couple of hilarious stories, though I will tell you, I had a chance to watch this guy not just serving right next to me in the Ranger Regiment, but I had a chance to watch him free-falling from airplanes and doing a lot of great things. I still, to this day, think he was an amazing ranger, but I, I tend to think he's better with a guitar than uh, he was as a ranger. And so he's a guy that I, I say, man, you're representing us better today with a guitar in your hands than you were a long time ago wearing a, a scroll on your on your uniform. And man, I think the world of this guy. Thank you, sir. I accept that gift. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, I want to compliment you, Noel, real quick for what you're trying to do, man. Marriages are imploding at a record rate all around us, and especially military marriages. So, man, I'm so proud of you standing up and trying to make a difference. Yeah, thanks. It's true. It's uh, fighting this battle. It's worth it. So if you're out there and you're listening, we just want to encourage you with that. Don't give up. There's ways to get the resources that you need. Go to strongerfamilies.com slash podcast. We've got a bunch of stuff that we want to give to you for free. Connect with us on our retreats. But at the end of the day, we're standing in your corner saying, you can do this. You can. It's not impossible. And I think Jeff and Don, they're an example of that. You can make it through to the other side. So Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Well, welcome back. As part of our show, each show, kind of the way that we do this is at the end, we do a wrap up. And really what we want to do is give you some practical takeaway, an action plan of sorts from what you just heard. And what a, an amazing story of Jeff and Don and his willingness to open up and share. They were willing to push through that hard work. And then when it comes out on the other end, you're so much stronger. Like I'm not using that word because it lines up with stronger families, but it, that's what I heard him say on the front end, is that we're, as unique as our stories are, we're all not really that different in that we came home and we changed. It doesn't mean you have to stay in that spot. The change can be for the better. That's why we're here to see that happen, because we're tired of seeing people come home and then the change just stays stuck, right? So that's why we're here. Which brings me to the second point which is when you have a guy like Jeff take time out of his schedule. And I know, I mean, I know how busy you are, Noel. Like you're, you're on an airplane every week going here and there, just trying to open up avenues of approach and raise funding and find chaplains and find military bases that are willing to provide this guidance for you, the listener, for the military families. Like we're not doing this because we don't have anything else to do and we're, we're doing we got believe we got full plates we're doing this because we understand how if you can push through this and we can help prop you up and give you some skill sets to push through 
the part that you feel stuck in and that the relationship is struggling. When you come out on the other side, man, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to have a healthy relationship. It's a lot of work. You and Carissa, me and Heidi, we work at it. Our relationships have skill sets. And we have leaned on those so much and they get us through things. And that's what we want everybody else out there to have. When you have found something that works, it's our responsibility to share that. And we've taken on that. That burden of leadership is what we're doing here. And it occurred to me while I was sitting there watching Jeff, because I know how busy his schedule is. But he does it wholeheartedly and he'll he'll show up for us whenever we need to. Those are my two things. Yeah, that's good, man. I think the other thing that really resonated with me was just the idea that it takes two to tango, right? And so often I see couples who are struggling, marriages that are on the rocks. One of them's worth is willing to fight. The other one is so far removed. And there's this thought of, well, I can get them to change or I can get them to come back and, and engage. And the reality is that it really does take, and not now that doesn't mean you both have to be at a hundred percent. I mean, it could be that one of you is at 50, the other one's at a hundred, but there has to be some drive within each of you to say, I want to heal. I want to restore this thing. I want to fight for it. Outside of that, it's a losing game. And honestly, you pressuring them, you begging for them to stay, all of those things push them further away from actually wanting to do the hard work. And so I would say if you're in that space, one of the takeaways is do the hard work for you and only for you. Like This is not about trying to get someone back or keep the marriage intact. This is about you becoming a better person, a more whole person, a person who's going to bring everything to that relationship or maybe the next relationship, because the truth is it might end. But on the other side of that, how much better are you going to be for the next relationship that you walk into? I see too many couples who don't do the hard work and then they just go on and they recommit to the same issues. And that's why we have, you know, second, third, fourth marriages failing because they haven't committed to, hey, I'm going to make the change. I'm going to do the hard work. And Kenny, I know that your story is part of that is the hard work, like putting it off until, you know what? I got to do it. I got to do it. So, man, thanks for being with us. We, we're honored to, to bring this to you live each week. Uh, that's, our, that's our plan. And uh, again, check out strongerfamilies.com slash podcast, subscribe, leave us a message. But at the end of the day, we want to give you the resources that you need to have that amazing relationship. So Kenny, thank you. Yeah, buddy. <laughs>